Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 7 is where we're going to be this morning. We're in a series, uh, week number two of this series that we're calling uh, He Said What? Uh, and it's not about things that I, I say that I probably shouldn't say from the platform some days, but it's about things that Jesus said that sometimes we may not understand or maybe some things that Jesus said that, that often, you know, preachers don't want to talk about because maybe it makes us feel uncomfortable. And I'm just going to tell you, if you attend a church for very long at all and the pastor never makes you feel uncomfortable by something he's preaching, you probably should be looking for a different pastor or a different church because God's word's going to make you uncomfortable. It's not all about making you feel good. And we've been talking about, you know, a lot of people have this picture of Jesus as this person who just loved and, you know, just made everyone feel good about themselves. And, you know, everything was just all, all you know, love and roses and all that. But, but, but Jesus was not like that at all. Uh, matter of fact, last week in, in week one of this series, we saw Jesus say, you know, I, I didn't come to bring peace. A lot of people have, have, have pictured me as, as this person who's, you know, all, all about peace and everybody being happy. But he said last week, he said, I didn't come to cause peace or bring peace, but instead I, I came to create division. And which kind of, like, you know, that totally kind of blows our mind of the picture and the view that we have uh, of Jesus. And so if you missed that sermon last week, I encourage you, you can always catch up. Uh, if you fall asleep today in this service and don't know how it ends, you know, you can always catch up there on our website. Uh, we have a mobile app available that you can search on and install where you can uh, listen to sermons, uh, podcasts, uh, DVD. There, there's no excuse for you not to know what's going on. But anyway, this week we're going to be looking at what I believe is probably one of the most misquoted uh, or, or most quoted and recognized statements that Jesus ever made here uh, in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 when he said, Do not judge or you too will be judged. And, you know, honestly, there are certain things that Jesus says, and we're like, you know, amen, we're all about that. But this one right here just kind of bothers me a little bit. Uh, I really didn't want to talk about it because I feel like I'm guilty of this. I'm not as perfect as some of you, but, uh, but I shared with you before, I'm a people watcher. I love to watch people. I love to be in a crowd of people and just sit back and watch the fruitcakes, right? I mean, uh, you, I'm talking about I'm watching you. And, and so, you know, but I love to do that, and I begin to think about why it is that I love to do that as I'm working through this message this week. And I'm like, it's because I like to judge people. That's exactly why I like to watch people is because I'm judging them based on how they dress, you know, what their kids look like, how their kids act, you know, and, and all these different things. And my people watching hobby is actually a judging hobby, if the truth be known. And so I really became convicted by this passage of scripture that we're going to look at this morning. But, but it's very popular. I mean, you can ask just about anybody on the street, whether they're Christian or not. Hey, tell me, you know, a scripture that you know from the Bible. And most of those people, if you ask them, would probably quote to you James 3.16, which most people probably know. And then you hear this one quote, quoted a lot, right? What did I say? What did I say? Y'all should find a preacher that knows the Bible. <laughs> John 3.16, that's what I said. John 3.16. I don't even know, but, but I'm, I know this, people will, tell, well, people will say to you, don't judge me, 
right? Don't judge me just because I made a mistake. And, and so they throw this scripture up to you all the time, right? Don't judge me. Don't judge me. Let, lest you be judged, right? And, and so you can ask just about anybody uh, to, to give you a scripture, and this will be one of them. And a lot of times, you know, people will use this. You know, Jesus said, don't judge me or you're going to be judged. They'll use this in a manner to throw in someone's face the fact that you shouldn't be telling people what's right and what's wrong, right? We, we had this used uh, a lot of times and people will use it. You know, the Bible says, don't judge me. So, you, you, you know, it's not your right. You can't tell me what's right. You can't tell me what's wrong. You can't say uh, that, that I'm wrong. Uh, you know, you have no right to tell me that Coke is better than Pepsi because every fool in this world knows that Pepsi is better than Coke, right? I mean, don't judge me. Uh, I, I've, seen, I've seen some things occur on Facebook this past week. It's coming straight out of our church. I just feel like I need to address it right now and, and nip it in the bud. Some, there's some people that's been promoting uh, and putting things out on Facebook that are absolutely not true, defending, debating, judging others for having a different opinion. And I'm just going to tell you, there is no way in this world that a snow monster is better than an Ozark turtle at Andy's. It, 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 there's no way. And if you think that, you, you're crazy, right? Because the Ozark turtle is the ultimate thing. Don't judge me. Don't judge me, right? Uh, uh, I can have my opinion and yours is wrong. But, but seriously, you know, people take this. And, and I'm just, I'm kidding, messing with you. Because people will take this passage that Jesus says here and they use it as this idea that no one has the right to say that something is right or that someone, uh, uh, that something or someone is wrong. But is that what G is that what he's really saying here anyway? Is that really what Jesus is saying here? Well, I, I want to take a look at this whole passage today and kind of see what we can take from it, what we can learn uh, uh, from it today. Matthew 7, starting in verse 1, this famous verse that he said, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way that you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank that's in your own eye? Verse 4, how can you say to your brother, let me take that little speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And then Jesus goes into, you know, what seems to be left field here. You know, my dad used to say that, that, that somebody was way out in left field. I just kind of feel like Jesus goes to left field here in verse number six. He says, you know, he's, he's talking about judge not lest you be judged. And then he says, do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Hello? And you're laughing at me because I don't know what John 3.16 is. And Jesus is just going off in left field here, right? And, and so if judge not lest you be judged is music to our modern culture today, then this last verse has to be the exact opposite of that, I would say. I mean, did Jesus just refer to some of us as dogs and pigs? All right, so we're going we're gonna to come back to that, all right? I'm going to keep you thinking until we get to the end. But, but anyway, what does all this mean? What is Jesus talking about? Oh, well, let's see if we can make some sense out of it this morning. First, I, I think we need to explore what Jesus means by judging, right? Because think about it. He can't mean that you can never tell someone that they are wrong because that's basically what Jesus did the entire time he was here. I mean, right? 
Uh, the entire time he was here, he was saying what was right and what was wrong, who was right, who was wrong. In fact, just a few verses after Jesus says here, judge not lest you be judged and talks about hypocrisy, he says just a few verses down in this same chapter, verse 13, he says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many people are traveling that road or entering through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few We'll find it. Does, that, this doesn't sound to me like he's saying, hey, whatever you think or whatever you want to do is okay, right? Don't, don't let me offend you and don't, you know, let me, uh, you know, uh, uh, say that that's right or wrong. Who am I to judge? You know, it doesn't sound to me like that's what Jesus is saying here. Later on in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus tells a group of people in uh, chapter 22, verse 29, he says, you are in error. You are wrong, Right? He's saying you're wrong because you do not know the scriptures or the power of God. In fact, here's how Jesus characterized his whole life and his whole ministry here in John 7, 7. He says, the world hates me. Why? Why did they hate him? Because I testify that its works are evil. I believe he's calling wrong, wrong here. He's calling evil, evil. This doesn't sound like who am I to judge? I just want to make everyone, you know, feel good about themselves kind of Jesus. Well, you know, it's legal in Colorado, so you just enjoy yourselves. Peace out, you know. Uh, you know, th this isn't what Jesus is, is saying or who he was at all. And we even see it with his followers. I mean, John the Baptist had his head chopped off. Why did he get his head chopped off? Because he told Herod that his sexual sin was wrong, that, that it was sin, right? The apostle Paul said that we are to rebuke the works of darkness, all right? So it can't mean here that you can't tell people that they are wrong. It, it, he's not saying that at all. So what does it mean? Well, the first idea behind this, I believe, uh, that Jesus would have us to understand is this. Judging is not saying that something or someone is wrong. That's not judging to say that something is wrong, but judging is when you dismiss a person because of that fact. Here, here's what the Bible said about Jesus in John 3, 17. John 3, 17 comes right after John 3, 16, for those of y'all that don't know that verse, all right? But he said, God did not send his son into the world to what? To condemn. He didn't send him into the world to condemn the world, but to what? But to save the world through him. Hey, even though... Jesus told some people that what they did was wrong and what that they were doing was evil. He made it very clear as well that if, you know, uh, uh, unless they enter by the narrow gate, they won't, they won't get to heaven. But he still did not condemn them. He didn't condemn them. Why? Because not condemning does not mean not telling the truth, all right? It's about, it's about writing them off after you have told them the truth. It's what you do after you share the truth with someone uh, that matters. After you tell them the truth, uh, what you do after that determines on whether you are, are judging them or not. So think about what did Jesus do? What did Jesus do? He told us the truth, right? And then he loved us and he laid down his life for us. This is our example. Share the truth and love. Share the truth and love them to the point that you will die for them, even though you know what they're doing is wrong, even though you know what they're doing is sin. 
This is our example. The second thing uh, about judging is this. Judging others just shows your ignorance about your sin. Right? When Jesus talks about the speck in someone else's eye and the log or the plank that's in your own eye, what's he getting at? Well, that you've got issues too. (laughs) Right? So don't be a hypocrite. He even uses the word here. Basically, he's saying we shouldn't condemn other people about their sin because none of us have the right to do that. None of us have the right to condemn other people. You know, uh, none of us are perfect. The the Bible says that we've all sinned and and fallen short. We've established that. Okay, and so this is like the person who, who, who might, you know, stand before you and criticize you for not tithing to the church. But if the truth be known... They're cheating on their income taxes. So do they have any right to talk to you about your tithing issue when they've got their own issues that no one may even know about? See, this is, this is kind of what Jesus is addressing here. And, and, and I'll be honest, and, and I didn't know whether I, I should share this or not, but I'm, I'm going to share it because it's something that I've always kind of struggled with ever, ever since I was even a, a, a child. I kind of always questioned this. But, but I have trouble with a preacher that's telling someone that it's wrong for them to get a tattoo or wrong to get a piercing because our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, now I don't have a problem with the fact that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, but I got a problem with someone telling me that I shouldn't tattoo it when they're standing before you telling you that and they're 200 pounds overweight. I don't know if anybody has a problem with that but me, but I've had a problem with it for a long time. I'm like, bro, why don't you just get the Twinkie log out of your own eye before you start talking about somebody's got ink on them? So, so he's telling us, don't be a hypocrite. You know, we can justify it, but he's saying, don't do it. I don't care. He's telling us not to be a hypocrite. And when we're talking to someone about their sin or their disobedience, we must keep in mind we've got our own issues as well. We've got our own areas of disobedience that we probably need to deal with and let God be working on and changing and molding us and making us into his image. He's working on us, but we ain't there yet, right? We'll be perfected someday, but not, not right now. And so we need to understand that. And he says, for in the same way you judge others, You'll be judged, right? With the same measure you use, it's going to be measured to you. And, and so let me ask you this, this morning, when it comes to judgment, can I just ask you this today? What was the judgment that you received for your sin? What was the judgment that was handed down to you for your disobedience and your evil and the sin in your life? What was it? Mercy, that was your judgment. Mercy, grace, love, forgiveness. And so since we were judged with mercy and we were judged with grace, shouldn't that change our tone when we're arguing with other people? (laughs) Huh? Shouldn't that change our tone? Shouldn't that change our approach to how we approach other people when we don't agree with their lifestyle or agree with what they may be saying or teaching? And so, you know, I want us to think about it from that perspective. When Jesus says, don't judge, think about how you've been judged. And you were judged by being extended mercy and grace and love 
and forgiveness. And so I just want to give you some ways that you can know you might be judging someone else. And the first one is this. You might be judging if you get more upset at someone else's sin than you are embarrassed about your own. It's a sure sign that you are judging someone when you're being self-righteous, forgetting the fact that we have all sinned and we have all fallen short and that you yourself were extended mercy and you yourself were extended grace. And, and if we aren't doing that with other people, if we aren't doing that with others, then we're probably judging in a way that Jesus is talking about right here. All right, another way you'll know that you're judging is if you won't forgive. If you won't forgive, because basically what you're saying is, I'm not going to let you off the hook for what you did for me. Uh, or I'm, I'm not going to let you off the hook for what you did to me, even though God has let me off the hook for what I did to him. I'm not going to forgive you and let you off the hook, even though God forgave me. And let me off the hook. And, and sometimes people will say, and you've heard this said, I'm sure none of you have ever said this. This is, you know, the people that aren't here today. But, but I, I've heard people say before, well, I'll forgive, but I can't forget. You ever heard that? Some of us have said that. Well, I'll forgive them because the Bible says I got to forgive them, but I'm not going to forget. Right? Which basically means I'm going to say I forgive you so I don't feel guilty anymore. <laughs> right? That's what we're really saying. I'm going to say that I forgive you just so I'm off the hook, you know, where the Bible talks about that. But I'm still going to stay mad at you. And I'm going to bring it up later if I feel like I need to. <laughs> right? I'm going to bring it up later if I feel like you need to be reminded just how bad you hurt me. We talk about this in the marriage group that, we, that Lynette and I have at our house, that forgiving means that seven years later, you don't bring up something that happened in the past, right? That, that's not forgiving. Uh, and so, you know, don't miss this. Forgiveness is saying, I won't bring it up again, and I won't hold it against you, and I won't treat you differently because of what happened in the past. I don't know about you, but that is challenging. Because even this week, I have said, I would not treat someone the way that they probably should have been treated because of something they did to me in the past. I, I think we all struggle with this. I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one. But it, it's difficult. But it, this is exactly what I believe Jesus is, is speaking to, that well, we're judging other people if we're not willing to forgive them. Okay? Uh, we also judge other people if you cut off those who disagree with you. And, and basically, this can be looked at two different ways. The first is, and I know you've, you've probably talked with people like this before, but if someone is convinced they're right, often they will not let the other person even share their opinion, right? They'll just cut you off, right? They won't let you talk. They won't let you express, you know, what you think or how you feel. That's to be judgmental of others. If we never, if we never even give them an opportunity to share, it, right, we're cutting them off. You're judging someone when you strongly disagree with them. I'm not saying you judge someone when you disagree. I'm saying you're judging someone probably if you strongly disagree with them and cut them off maybe over something like faith or moral issues or, 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 or politics. 
and because you disagree with them, you cut them off or you write them off basically saying, you know what, I'm not going to have anything to do with you because you're dumb. <laughs> I'm not going to have anything to do with you because you are so wrong. You can't be my friend. I will not be associated with people like you because you're Democrat or Republican. So we cut them off, right? And we don't want to have anything to do with them. And I hope that you don't misunderstand what I'm saying here this morning. But here's the deal. You have to love people more than you love your position on an issue. Right? That's what Jesus did. He loved people more than, than a position on a particular issue. Does that mean we compromise? No. We, we don't compromise our position. Does that mean we don't share our position or our view? No, it doesn't mean that. It just means that when someone disagrees with us, when someone doesn't see it the way we see it, we don't dislike them and we don't condemn them for it. I believe in the world we live in today, we're quick to condemn other people. Jesus came not to condemn but to save, right? And so we've got, to be, we've got to be careful about that. Yes, the truth is important. Yes, God's Word is black and it is white. There's, we talked about it last week. There's no middle ground. It's really not even negotiable, is it? It's black or white. It's truth or, or, or it's not. But we must under, also understand this. We must love others more than we love being right. We've got to love other people more than we love being right. Do you see what I'm saying here? This morning, even if you don't see things my way, even though you may not agree with me, I still got to love you because Jesus loved me, right? And so I've got to love you, and I'm not going to give up on you or give up on God doing a work in your life. We just, we can't do that. The best example of this, I believe, was with Jesus and Judas. We saw this, the Last Supper. Judas had betrayed Jesus, right? And Jesus knew it. He knew that Judas was the one that had betrayed him. And they have this conversation after the fact. And Jesus is talking to Judas. And he calls him friend. And he doesn't say it in a sarcastic way right? He, he, he's extending mercy. He's extending grace. He's extending love to Judas, even though Judas has betrayed his, his very life. And, and this is difficult to do when we disagree with someone, right? When we disagree with someone about their politics, or we disagree with someone about their lifestyle choices, but we must love other people more than we love our position on a particular issue. Because here's the deal. No one, and I mean no one, can be written off as hopeless. And I think we're quick to do that sometimes because of someone's lifestyle or what they think or what they say. But no one can be written off as hopeless. Folks, we serve a God who raises the dead. All right? No one is without hope. And because of that, mercy must trump our position every single time in every category. The Bible calls this being full of grace and truth. Jesus was referred to as being full of grace and truth. This is so important because truth, the truth, the word, what we know is right. Truth without grace is judgmental. Okay? 
Truth without grace is, is judgmental. Grace and truth is the gospel message. That's what it is. And, and so now we come, we come to verse 6. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to the pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. <laughs> so what does he mean by this? Well, I think what he's doing here is he's given us some instruction. He's given us an example of how to engage people that we don't agree with. How to engage people that, that maybe don't believe like we do. Right? Think, think about this from the, the standpoint of your pets, if you have one. How many people here have pets? How many dog people we got here? How many pig people we got here? You cat people, that's not a pet. <laughs> I'm kidding. Keep your old shed and cats. We used to have a dog uh, named Jessie, little black miniature schnauzer. She was like a human being with four legs. I mean, she was smarter than any child we've had yet. Uh, <laughs> She was just incredible, incredible little dog. And uh, she would get so excited about food. I, I've never in my life had a dog that, that got more excited about food. The, the dog would eat anything. Uh, she would, and actually I, would, I experimented because she was so passionate about food and she would just eat anything. I started, you know, trying. I'm like, will she eat this? You know, will she eat that? The only thing I found that the dog wouldn't eat was grapefruit. That was the only thing she would like. She, she would go to, you know, she'd like put it in her mouth and then she'd spit it out and she'd be like mad. Okay, that, that was the only thing I ever found. Uh, she loved bananas. Oh my goodness, she loved bananas. She could be in a different part of the house sound asleep, I mean, you know, totally not knowing anything else that's going on in the entire world. You could walk in the kitchen and start to peel a banana, and she would lose her stinking mind. I, we have concrete floors in our house, and so I, those of you that have dogs and concrete floors, it's just awesome uh, because they can't go anywhere for a long time. They just, you know. And then she'd come in there, she'd finally get her traction, she'd come in the, in, the, in the kitchen sliding in like a race car driver, you know. Man, she was crazy about bananas. But you know, when Lynette would be in the, in the bedroom or bathroom or whatever getting ready and she'd start to put some pearl earrings in or a pearl necklace on, you know, Jessie didn't really give a rip. You know, she's kind of impartial to pearls. She, she really didn't care anything about them. And, and think about it. Pearl is of great value. You know, a string of pearls could have bought Jesse hundreds of bananas, right? I, I mean, it could have. But dogs and pigs, they can't comprehend that, right? They can't grasp that. They don't, they don't understand that. And, and so if you're throwing a string of pearls out there, they're like, I can't eat this junk, you know? Th this isn't edible, so what do they do? They come after you because at least you are edible, right? Uh, I mean, uh, so throughout the Gospels, uh, it's important to understand in looking at this verse, Jesus compares the message of his kingdom to a pearl, all right? And, and so, but he says some people, he, don't miss this, they, they don't have the capacity to grasp it, all right? 
They don't, they don't have the, 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 the ability to be able to understand its value because honestly, this can only be understood by a working of God within someone's life. All right. It can only be understood. It can only be grasped through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so I think this is a great reminder here as well is that, you know, God is the one that does the work in someone's heart and someone's life, not us. Only supernatural power can change someone's heart. You can try all you want to try and you're not going to do it. Right. And so we have to understand that. So, so what does this mean for us in a, in a practical sense? Well, uh, you know, first, it means that instead of our tongues being our weapons, when we disagree with someone or we're trying to make our point or get our view across from a Christian standpoint, instead of our tongue being our weapon, prayer must be our main weapon, right? Because we need to call on a power that is greater than us in order to change someone's viewpoint or their understanding of what is right or wrong, right? I read a quote recently that was along these lines that said, we should never try to talk to a person about God without also talking to God about that person, right? I, I want to read that again. We should never try to talk to a person about God without also talking to God about that person. Only God can help them to see the value of the pearl. You see what he's saying? Uh, only God can do that. Uh, the, the, only God can help them to see the value of, of this glorious message that we have. And so prayer is the main tool that we have available to us to petition him for the help that we need to change the world. Okay? People don't need more information. What people need is salvation. Huh? They don't need more information. They need regeneration in their heart and their life. And God is the only one that can do that. And so prayer must be our main weapon. Uh, that we're using uh, in this battle. Also, I believe this speaks to the fact that we need to be sensitive to what people can handle, okay? Uh, many of the people in ancient Israel were probably aware. I, I made the mistake this morning of saying uh, many of the people in ancient Israel were pig farmers, and then Kevin McNabb came up to me, and he said, do you think Jews really raise pigs? <laughs> no, but I think everybody knows James 3.16. Um, so, but everyone was aware of pigs, you know, and how they, they were fed and all that. And, and what Jesus is saying to them, they understood this. This wasn't confusing to them, right? He's saying, look, be smart. They, they don't appreciate the pearl. Don't give them that yet, all right? Don't give them that yet. Some people aren't ready for certain things because they're not far enough along spiritually to grasp it. We want everybody to be where we're at on our journey, and not everybody is where you're at on your journey. Some people are way behind, and oh, by the way, there's some people that are way out ahead of you, right? And so we need to understand that. Some people just aren't ready for certain things because they are not mature enough or spiritually uh, growing, grown enough to, to be able to grasp it. So we must seek someone's conversion to Jesus before we try to persuade them to change their mind, Okay? We must be all about their salvation and their conversion before we try to persuade them to our point of view. Jesus never got bogged down on secondary things. I encourage you to just go through and study the life of Jesus. Hey, he, he, he didn't get caught up in politics, okay? He avoided that stuff. He, he, he did his dead level best when people would try to trick him or trap him or, or get him to make a political statement. He avoided political issues because folks listen 
Politics is not the issue. The issue is Jesus. The, the issue is Jesus. So are we allowing Jesus to shape our politics? Are we trying to allow our politics to shape our Jesus? We need to be real careful about that. Because Jesus, he, he didn't fall into that trap. He wouldn't fall into that trap. Politics isn't the issue. The issue is a relationship with Jesus. So sometimes we just need to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Sometimes we just need to hear them out. Sometimes we need to just let them talk instead of cutting them off and pushing them aside and saying, oh, they're, they're too dumb to understand. I won't, I'm not going to have anything to do with you, right? Sometimes we need to be patient. This is the hard one. Sometimes we need to be patient with the pace of God. His pace is not always my pace, right? I, I'm, I'm in a bigger hurry than he is some days, right? But we just have to be patient with the pace of God in someone else's life and let him do the work that he's going to do. And, and, and we just want to be there to be available to be a part of that if he could somehow use us. Because the bottom line is this, you and I will never change anyone. Only God can do that. Now, only God can do that. So well, we just, you know, what, what, what do we do then? You know, do we just throw up our hands and walk away? No, we keep praying. We keep praying that God's awesome power will change lives. And he does. He still does that today. That's what these baptisms are all about. It's, it's resurrecting. That coming up out of the water is a beautiful picture of being resurrected from death to life. That's what it's all about. It's what it represents. He's still in the resurrection business today. And so we've got to keep praying. We've got to keep being patient. We've got to keep extending mercy to those who don't understand the value of the pearl yet. But they will someday. They will someday. So we have to be patient and just keep extending mercy because if it weren't for mercy, you and I would still be dead in our sins. If it weren't for mercy, you and I would have been condemned. And so we have to extend mercy and grace and forgiveness. And I believe that that's what Jesus is, the point that he's trying to make to us here is we were never judged. We were never condemned. So we need to be real careful not to do that in other people's lives. Do we keep preaching? Do we keep teaching? Do we keep proclaiming the truth? Yes, we do. But we do it with grace and not condemnation. Too often, I believe, we want to point out what they're doing wrong and write them off. And no one is hopeless. No one is hopeless in God's eyes. And it's my prayer that no one would be hopeless in our eyes as well. Amen. Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you so much for this awesome reminder of how much you love us. And because you're a loving God, you didn't condemn us. Because you're a loving God, you continue to see where we need to improve. You continue to see where we need help in our lives. You continue to see where we just totally have missed the mark. You see where we've been disobedient. But God, you didn't condemn us. You didn't judge us. And you, your word says you extend mercy to us fresh and new every single day because you knew that we were going to need it every single day. And so we thank you for loving us that much. Thank you for reminding us today that we're supposed to 
live our lives and love others the exact same way that you loved us. And that's not with condemnation, but it's with mercy and it's with grace and it's with forgiveness. But God, we also understand that your word is the truth and we can't compromise that and we can't even negotiate that. But God, I pray that as we share your word, that your Holy Spirit would do the work with that word that only you can do in the hearts and the lives of those that hear it. And part of the truth of your word is this. We've not been condemned and we've not been judged yet. But there is a day coming. There's a day coming where everyone will be given an opportunity to receive this gift of grace, this gift of salvation. But there's a day coming that if we haven't received that, we will receive the judgment that we deserve and the condemnation that we deserve. So I pray that if there be anyone here today that falls in that category where they've not accepted you, surrendered their life to you, that today they would receive that free gift. Because I believe that through your word we can see how absolutely awesome it is and how we don't deserve it, but yet you continually give it. So if there be anyone here today that wants to receive you and accept the gift of salvation, God, I pray that they would be obedient to what you're wanting to do in their life. And then you will be continually changing and forming and shaping us into who you want us to be. And so, God, we thank you for that kind of awesome love that you have for us. Thank you for extending me mercy. I pray that you'll find me faithful and obedient to do the same to others. We love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you guys. I love you so much.